Welcome to the Heart of Dating Podcast. Hey, it's Kate. I'm so glad you could join us this week as we try to untangle the ever so ambiguous world of dating as a Christian. Over here on Heart of Dating, we get real as we answer some tough questions and uncover transformative ways to approach Christian dating. Oh, and you better believe we have some laughs along the way, because last time I checked, the struggle is hashtag real. You know what I'm saying? Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. Why, hello, friends, and welcome to The Heart of Dating Today. I am your host, Kate Warman, and we are currently in the midst of quarantine right now. And I got to say, I am so grateful for this community. Now more than ever, we need one another. While we may be physically alone, we don't have to be spiritually and emotionally alone. We can press more deep into God's heart. We can also join together in community virtually and emotionally. We need to do that for ourselves. So you guys, this is the time to bind together. Now, if you want to get connected even more into our community here, you can come over and join us on Instagram at at Heart of Dating. And then you can also go over on Facebook. We have a private group of singles and dating people over there over at facebook.com forward slash heart of dating. We just have such an incredible community of singles in both on Instagram and on Facebook. And we're just all sharing in our struggles and then also in the joys and everything in between. So we welcome you to come and join us on one of these social media platforms. Also, a quick note that I want to share with you. If you are really finding it hard to manage levels of confusion, grief, and even things like fear and anxiety, then I want to share something that's been helping me. Personally, I've been having a lot of anxiety in this season, and I've really had to be intentional about managing that. Something that has greatly helped me at this moment is being able to talk to someone who can really help me sort through and calm those anxious elements in my heart and in my mind. So for me specifically, that looks like going to therapy. And right now it's virtual therapy. And specifically, I love Faithful Counseling. Faithful Counseling is a faith-based online therapy network that incorporates Christian principles, prayer, and spiritual practices. And it's really easy to find a therapist that specifically meets your needs. All you have to do is fill out a quick form and you get connected to someone that can meet your specific needs in under 24 hours. You can log into your account on Faithful Counseling and you can send a message to your counselor, start chatting back and forth, and then you can schedule video or phone sessions and do it all from the comfort of your home, A to the men. So guys, if you've been looking to trying out therapy, but you haven't found someone, or maybe you just haven't wanted to in the past, maybe it's been too costly for you, then I just want to encourage you, maybe think about trying Faithful Counseling. Something great too for Heart of Dating listeners, you can get 10% off your first month of counseling with Faithful Counseling by going to getfaithful.com forward slash heart of dating. Alrighty friends, so today's episode, I decided very last minute to ask my incredible friend, Jonathan Pakluda, also known as JP, who has actually been on the Heart of Dating before, to come on last minute to just really bring us a word that's timely in our culture and current season as it relates to COVID-19 and the rise of internet usage. If you don't know JP, you should know him, you guys, but here's a little bit about him. Jonathan Pakluda is a lead pastor of Harris Creek Baptist Church in Waco, Texas. Previously, he was the leader of The Porch and the teaching pastor of Watermark Community Church, both in Dallas. Under his leadership, The Porch grew to be the largest young adult ministry of its kind in the world. 
JP has also recently seen his passion expressed through writing. His best-selling book, Welcome to Adulting, offers millennials a roadmap to navigate faith, finances, friendship, and the future. He also has a Welcome to Adulting survival guide, which is a 42-day guide dedicated to those in their 20s and 30s. And lastly, JP is passionate about equipping the future church, and he recently launched his new book, Welcoming the Future Church. So y'all, today, JP and I dive into pornography and masturbation during this season of quarantine specifically and how we can resist and break the cycle of addiction in that area. Y'all, today, this is for sure an adult conversation, so prepare your ears, but it's definitely a needed conversation as singles, especially during this time of social distancing. So without further ado, my combo with JP. JP, my friend, welcome back to the Heart of Dating today. Let's go. Thanks for having me on, Kate. <laughs> I'm so pumped. And thank you so much for doing this last minute. You know, we did a live on Instagram the other week and we talked about the subject that we're talking about today and so many people tuned in, so many people loved it, and also so many people missed it. And because the Instagram lives are only up for 24 hours, people were like, oh my gosh, where do I get that info? How do I hear that conversation? And I was like, you know what? I think we just need to do a podcast episode on this. So <laughs> thanks for it. jumping on the boat and doing this last minute in this quarantine time. Hey, yo. <laughs> yeah, here we go, man. People need people need something to listen to, you know? I know. I, I'm really grateful for podcasts right now and for even what you do with your podcast and just at Harris Creek and everybody's got to go just I mean if people are like new to you they're probably not because we've done things together but will you just say even again who you are what you yeah. do and you're passionate about for sure so my name is Jonathan Pecluda my friends call me JP and I have led the porch for the past 12 years uh, ministry out of Dallas and a year ago, my family and I moved to Waco to serve a church named Harris Creek. And I do a, a podcast for young adults called Becoming Something. And so for people, you know, 18 to 35, uh, but called Becoming Something. And so uh, sadly, I am, uh, by experience, uh, an expert on pornography uh, through my own journey and just what the Lord has delivered me from. And I found incredible healing. And I like to, I like to help people find freedom. Yeah, I love it. I love your podcast. You also have two books out right now. You just came out with a new book, right? As well. Yeah, actually three. So oh, welcome three. To oh, right. You're right. Yeah. You have yeah. Yeah, welcome mm -hmm. to adulting, and then there was the welcome to adulting survival guide, yep. and then I just released two weeks ago welcoming the future church. So a a book for people trying to bridge the gap between uh, the generations, trying to reach millennials and Gen Z. And this book serves as a resource for that. And so good for right now, any leaders listening or anybody who wants to reach the millennial generation, this is like such a time to, e even in the quarantine season, that book is so relevant for right now. So yeah, I think it's incredible. It really is. Yeah, the timing is so good. Okay, JP, you're just the best. So I want to dive right in here. Uh, you mentioned you have your own journey with pornography and overcoming that addiction. And I want to really talk about a little bit what that's looked like for you and then provide some insight and encouragement for people listening. Because while we're in this very unique season of COVID-19, you know, we are on our phones and on our computers a lot more because a lot of people are at home. And, you know, a lot of single people might even be like actually by themselves. I know for me, my roommate isn't here right now. And so I'm just me, myself and I, you know what I mean? So yeah. um, 
and that I don't believe I'm the only one, you know? And so there's a lot more temptation in this time without actually being around people and having more space in our homes to be more tempted by things in media, specifically pornography. And so I don't know if you want to just start by sharing a little bit of what your journey has looked like there, and then we can go into how people can face that today. Yeah, let me ask you, what do you want this to be rated? Yeah, that's great. I I want to give you full reign to to really share whatever you want to share. So everyone listening, okay. be prepared. We're talking about porn so, today. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we're gonna have an adult conversation. Exactly. And so yeah, and and so my story is I grew up in a small town. Uh, when I left that small town, I had all the freedom of that college presents, but none of the maturity to go with it. And got, got an internet access at an early age and just really was obsessed with pornography. And as I grew older, it was the strip clubs. As I grew older, sex and uh, was raised in the church, went to church twice a week, was, was, went to a church school. But when I went to college, I just was like, you know what, I'm going to worship at the altar of self. And so as, as we're talking about porn, we're talking about, you know, porn and masturbation, those two things go hand in hand, no pun intended. And in, uh, you know, right now with COVID-19, the coronavirus, you know, Pornhub just recorded some record high uh, number of people on there. They're actually giving it free in Italy for people to help pass the time. I saw I saw something that the health department released in, in New York, just instructing people how to have sex. And, and they actually said the safest partner that you can have sex with is yourself. And, you know, only have sex with your roommate at this time uh, or small groups of people. And I just was, I was really saddened by that because I don't think we fully understand what we're missing out on in that. I think we think it's a, a victimless act and it is not. It, it really... Porn seeks to ruin your marriage long before your marriage ever even exists. Long before you ever meet your spouse, porn seeks to really hurt you. Porn wants to make your children hate you long before they were ever born. And Kate, I know that a lot of your listeners are women. And a lot of times we talk about porn from the, the, the male side of things being a, a man struggle, but that's just not true. I know that one in three viewers of pornography are female. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where my heart often goes out the most because they'll come up and they'll say, you know, I've, I feel like there's nobody I can talk to. And they're just riddled with shame. And so if you are a female listening, you've got to talk about this. And especially if you found freedom or or you're you're walking in freedom, maybe this isn't your struggle. You need to make yourself available to others so that they can talk to you because there are women all around you who are struggling with this. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I think it's so relevant to say that too, because we do have lots of guys listening, but lots of women listening maybe going through this and feel like they literally cannot share it because it's just always directed towards males. And to your point, like, you know, however many years ago, the porn creators, I don't know what to call them, like really figured out how to tap into porn for females and how to lure females in. And they saw this like gap in the market. And so we had a guest on about two years ago, Clay Olson, who talked about this and it still is incredibly prevalent. You know, it's only growing that market for female pornography usage. And so I really love that you just said that. JP, as we go into tackling this right now, I don't want to shame anyone who's obviously like feeling like maybe even in the first few weeks of quarantine here, they've already been experiencing some trouble. How do we start resisting these temptations right now? Yeah, let's even clarify 
that yeah. because I think that's something that the enemy can twist when we talk about shame yeah. and a shame culture. And so it's okay to say that porn is bad and porn will hurt you and that not be shaming somebody and also that there's freedom and healing available. And so the worst thing that you can do as someone who struggles is feel like you can't talk about it because this is where I do believe that there's a literal enemy who hates us. And this is where he will try to keep you in isolation. And so as I talk about this, know that I'm talking about it from my own depravity. Nearly anybody listening to us right now, I, I feel like uh, most likely, and this is after 13 years of pastoral ministry, I've met thousands and thousands of people who struggle with porn. I often speak on this because of my own journey, and I've never met someone who struggled as much as I did. And I don't believe I'm terminally unique. I just, I can tell you that I would call in sick to stay at home to binge watch porn. Uh, I mean, it was, it was just, it was that much of a grip on my life. And to further explain that, I mean, I've experimented with drugs, cocaine, ecstasy, smoked weed, drunk for a long season of my life. Nothing has gripped my soul for evil like pornography did. I just couldn't, I couldn't shake it. I couldn't get rid of it. So as we talk about it, I want to, I want to talk in such a way so that you can find freedom because there's many, there's many misconceptions out there. Like people think that an addiction to porn is an addiction to sex. It is not. I've met people who are addicted to porn and can't have sex yeah. because they're so enslaved to pornography that they, they actually can't even experience intimacy with another person. Uh, their brain has been trained to only prefer the two dimensional, you know, kind of object, sex with an object or sex with yourself with an, with, with an object or an image present. And so a, an addiction to porn is really an addiction to variety. Yeah. And it, it is like going to a university that trains you against monogamy. The person who is addicted to porn and, and committed to remaining addicted to pornography, they will really struggle with faithfulness. Uh, it will be an impossibility for them uh, because pornography is, it is adultery 101. Like it trains you to go outside of the marriage for sex. And then, and no one in the, in, in of the thousands of people I've met with, no one has ever said, yeah, when, when I look at porn, I go to the same image and I look at the same image for the last five years. Right. That's not, you, you <laughs> scroll through dozens of images, even hundreds of images. And it's a really slippery, dark slope that leads you to, to a ter to terrible places. And anybody who is addicted to porn listening to this, they know what I'm talking about because the porn industry presents to you a buffet of all kinds of experiences and all kinds of images and all kinds of videos. And you begin to look at them and you just find yourself going down this really, really dark hole that leads to a place of so much shame and self-hate and and will rob you of your security and your confidence and and I, and and so I speak about this because I love people and God says this is wrong because he loves people and he invented sex like this was his ingenious idea he ma he made the parts he made them function the way that they do and he made our brains and he put the nerve endings where they are and so God's not ashamed of sex at all uh, and he knows what is good for us and he says hey this is bad for us mhm mm so true Man, that's good. And I love how you break that down because it's, we really need to know like how this is happening and why it is so addictive. And, 
you know, there is an, it's less an addiction to sex and an addiction to variety. Like you're saying, I feel like culturally we become more a culture of variety and consumption and all the options. And even when it comes to dating, we do that. You know, we, this reflects so many areas of our ability to commit to things. And it's the same with pornography, but just in, in, a, in well, it's pretty much similar. And so what would you recommend, JP, then as we, you know, first break that down, how do we start to realize, oh my gosh, I'm enslaved to this. I don't want to be. This is like destroying my life from the inside out. And I want to take steps so that this doesn't have to enslave my life anymore so that I'm not just sitting in quarantine, you know, on my computer all day, you know, pretending to work, but not really actually working or every single night falling into that. How do we get out of that? Okay. The question is like, how do we recover if we're, if we're addicted to porn? So I'm going to answer that. And before I do, there's, there's one more thing that I want to say. I just, I want to, to, uh, for us to understand how dangerous this drug is. And so the way that, you know, God says in, in Genesis, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh. That was written thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago. Jesus repeats it in Matthew for this reason. A man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So in the scriptures, if you've ever been to a wedding, you've heard this, there's this idea of two becoming one. Well, God who created our bodies and created our brains and created our sexual organs, he, he made us uh, you know, so that we can procreate. It's a really genius idea that, that a man can place a seed inside of a woman and, and a life is born. And, and you know, this is a part of why God did this, and he made it feel good so that we would do it so that life would be brought forth if it, if it felt terrible, you know, there'd probably be less people around. And what he did is, is whenever a human experiences orgasm, their five senses are bonded to their surroundings. Their brain creates something called a synapse. And that synapse is like a muscle that bonds you to your surroundings. Modern psychiatry and science would call this a phenomenon sex glue, that you experience being bonded to what you're surrounded. A lot of dysfunction is born out of this idea. And so there's a guy, when he was going through his adolescence, he was upstairs and he, he masturbated. And, and he came downstairs for breakfast and his dad made fun of him, which is a big parenting no-no. But uh, for the rest of his adolescence, he would go in the back pasture and he didn't know where to look. So he would just look down at his boots and he would do do that deed. And so now he's an adult man and he cannot experience sexual release without having his boots on because his brain, his brain has bonded his physiological being, his five senses to his boots. And so his boots are an object of attraction to him. We are very, very programmable beings. And so what porn does, and you touched on this, Kate, is it takes all of the excitement of life and just drains the color out of life so that nothing is really all that exciting. And yet pornography is still so exciting. It's the highest dopamine release that we can experience naturally uh, is is through uh, orgasm. I mean, it's it's comparable to the, to by means of drugs and whatnot. It's the highest levels of of oxytocin and feel good endorphins that we can experience naturally. And so it is, it is an addiction. I just want to say that like it is like, if you've looked at pornography in the past month, you have to get help. You're not going to defeat this on your own. And so you, you asked a great question and you said, how can somebody find healing? And I'll give it to you. Uh, So, so think about it like this, Kate, 
imagine somebody is is kind of dead on the operating table like they're not breathing they need life support this is this, the scripture says that we are dead in our sin and so the way i like to think about it is you need cpr you need someone to resuscitate you to get your heart beating again and so here's the cpr that you need the c is confess James 5.16 says to confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed for the prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. And so you confess every time. And as you grow healthy, what you're going to do is you're going to back up that confession to the thought level. That's important. Write it down. Confess at the thought level. So what I mean by that is don't confess after you've looked at porn, confess every single time you want to. And and those who do life with you, they they begin to see those patterns. Oh, well, when you watch that Netflix video, you always want to look at porn afterwards. Maybe you shouldn't watch that Netflix video. Right. When you go on social media, you click that hashtag or when you go there, you know, that's a temptation for you and they'll help you. They'll start to see the anatomy of your sin. And so you want to back up the confession at the thought level. And so the C is confess. We're stopping the thought. It's like taking the thought captive, right? It's like, okay, where is the thought before we actually act on it? That's absolutely right. That's what Paul writes to the church in Corinth, that we should take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. So C is confess. The P is prayer. And so you, you know, Colossians 4, 2 says to be, be devoted to prayer. That other half of that, James 5, 16 says, so that they might pray for you so that you would be healed. And so there's something powerful about prayer. And, and Kate, when I was in the throes of my porn addiction, I would just pray like, God, you have to help me. And I would pray these really gritty X-rated prayers like, Lord, I don't want to vision this. I don't want to picture this. I don't want to think this. I don't want to mentally rape somebody. I, I don't, I, I don't, I want to be okay. I don't want to be a pervert. God, you got to help me. I mean, that I was just like crying out in the wilderness out of desperation. So pray every day and pray often and pray throughout the day for help and healing in this struggle. And so confess, pray. And then the R, and this is how I know if somebody's going to get well or not, because this is always the hard part. The difficult part is, is R stands for remove access. And so you begin to audit your life and think about how do I access pornography and how can I make that more difficult? How can I begin to close those those gates and build fences so that I don't access those things? And so, you know, I'll have people tell me, they'll say, well, you know, that, you know, I'll be like, you need to get rid of your computer. And they'll be like, man, that just feels legalistic. And I'm like, okay, turn with me to Matthew chapter five, verse 29, where Jesus, he's talking about lust. And he says, if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. And if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off and and throw it away. For it's better to enter the kingdom of heaven without an eye or a hand than to have your whole body thrown into hell. These are really hard words from Jesus. Very, very difficult words. I think we just skim over and we're like, oh, he didn't mean that. There must be something happening in the Greek there that I don't understand, you know. But it's... And I do think he's speaking in hyperbole to make this point that you should do whatever it takes to avoid lust. And it's interesting that in in a chapter about lust or a passage about lust that he says, if your hand causes you to sin, I do think that's an allusion to masturbation. I think that's something for us to consider. And I'll, I'll meet with with men and women now, and they'll they'll come up and they'll be like, "Hey, my story's similar to yours. You know, I struggle with pornography. I'm really trying to get well. I'm in the fight. I'm in the battle." And I'll just say, "How do you access porn?" And they'll say, "Oh, you know, my my cell phone, my phone, my iPhone, my smartphone." And I'm like, "Great. Where 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 is your phone?" And they'll say, "It's in my pocket." And I'll say, "I thought you said you were struggling." 
thought you said you were in the battle. And they said, I am, I'm struggling. I'm like you haven't even started to struggle. You haven't even started the battle. You're, you're not struggling. You're carrying it around with you in your pocket everywhere you go. Like you're, you're carrying a gateway to all kinds of perversion with you in your pocket when you are confessing that you're an addict. Like nobody who's addicted to crack would come up and say, hey, I'm addicted to crack and I really need help. And, and you know, and it's okay that it's in my pocket. Like, but it's okay. I'm not going to, you know, like, but, but for some reason it's okay with this. And I would just say, and they were like, what do you want me to do? Get rid of my phone? I'm like, well, in one word, yes, get rid of your phone. And, and I mean, get a brick phone or a flip phone, you know, get a, get a Motorola, ra- get a Motorola razor. And like, yeah. nobody's looking at porn on a razor. Yeah. It's all <laughs> grainy and stuff. You know. <laughs> and so, yeah, just get well. So CPR, confess, pray, remove access. And then the bonus round on CPR would be the C is Christ. And so I, I know I've heard it said, well, I know no greater way to overcome sin than to find a superior satisfaction in Jesus. The P is pursue a spouse. Listen, God made us to be in relationships. Like he He desires that. Like he knows that we thrive in relationships. And so it is okay to to think like, man, I really, really want to have sex. And my outlet for sex or intimacy is to find a spouse. And so pursue a spouse or pursue healing so that you can pursue a spouse. And then the R, that that last R is it's a it's a very churchy word, but I think it's relevant. And it just says it's just repent. Because what repent means, it's a two-step process. It means turning from your sin and turning back to God. I, we can't just remove porn addiction. We, we have to add something healthy in there, like discipleship. And so it's confess, pray, remove access, Christ, pursue a spouse, and repent. And so CPR, CPR, I believe, is the pathway to finding healing. Now, for people listening who are like, um, okay, I am open to doing this, but one of my biggest things is I don't really want to tell people around me. Like, we talked about this a little bit at the beginning, but in some of these steps, like, you know, in the beginning, you know, confess. So we have to confess at the thought level, but using accountability is really important within that. And even repenting, repenting in our prayer life to God, but repenting to others and just like sharing with them, like, hey, I'm repenting right now for this. I want to bring you into that. Like, this is where I messed up or this is where I slipped up, whatever. There's a lot of people feeling terrified about sharing this with somebody because again, it's, there's like, they're living under piles and piles of shame potentially. And so how do you recommend we first approach this? Why is it so unnecessary to find accountability? And then how do people who receive this information respond as a result? You know, if you're receiving information like, hey, I've slipped up or I'm watching porn, I need help. What's the response there? It's a kind of two-part question. Even in that, and that's why I hit on that word shame earlier so much, because that's where the enemy, he loves to play in that playground of shame. And so, uh, you know, I would avoid words like slipped up, tripped up. You know, mm-hmm. we get a real cl- we get real clumsy when we start yeah. talking about pornography. It's like, oh, I, I, I fell, slipped, you know, tripped, whatever. I, I would say specifically, I went to Pornhub and I clicked on, I, I watched this video and this is what the video was and I masturbated and and I, I've grieved my spirit and I've grieved God. And, and I would just talk about it very openly and honest, or I was on Instagram and I clicked a hashtag. The hashtag was hot guys or hot bodies or bikini or whatever. And it took me here. And then I looked at this and, and then I did that and I would just be explicit because that there's a part of that, that is humiliating 
but it also, it creates humility. It empowers others who hear you to speak openly and honest. Most of the time when you confess uh, pornography or masturbation in a group of people, you're going to hear me too, me too, me too. People are going to be empowered and emboldened to share their struggles. And so, you know, I know that it's scary. I mean, I've, I've literally talked with people that they couldn't say the word. They're like, pornography. Like they couldn't say it, you know? And I'm just like, you're going to be okay. You know, God calls us to be children of the light. He calls us to confess our sins to each other. He calls us to walk in the light and he restores us when we do. Just know that when you can't, you're being sold. You're literally being manipulated by Satan. He wants to keep you in that place of bondage. And he's the one that's telling you that you can't say that out loud, but just push through that and say that out loud. And, uh, and I believe you're going to find healing and ask for prayer. And then what happens is if you tell that to a Christian, someone surrendered by the spirit, if they respond poorly, consider that a gift. God's telling you, Hey, this isn't the person that's going to provide accountability for you and you need to find them still. But if, if they do have the Holy spirit, you know, if somebody confesses this to you, Tell them that God loves them because he does. He says in 2 Corinthians 5, for the for the believer, the one who's trusted in Jesus' death and resurrection for the forgiveness of their sins, he, he said that they're, he's no longer counting your sins against you. That's such great news. That, and it says, he says in Micah, Kate, that he delights to show mercy. Mm. And so like what I do for fun is I go wakeboarding or lawnboarding or walk on the beach. What God does for fun is God shows us mercy. Like that's how he, he mm-hmm. enjoys showing us mercy. In Romans 8, he says there's now no condemnation or consequence for those who are in Christ. So just remind them that God loves them. If you can, with integrity, remind them that you love them. You know, like I, I love you and, I, and, and thank them. I'm so thankful that you told me that. I'm so thankful. It speaks volumes to your trust in me that you would see me as someone worthy of, of or trust trustworthy with that information. Thank you so much. And then ask them, say, what, what role do you want me to play in your recovery? Yeah. You know, cause they, they need to give you permission to help them. Right. I mean, or, or at least to express Jesus, the way that Jesus would do this, he would say, do you want to get well? Exactly. And so you could, <laughs> you can ask them that you could say, do you want to get well? Do you want me to help you find recovery and then listen to what they need and maybe guide them? Say, you know, do you think you, and then you can go confess, pray, remove access, Christ, pursue a spouse and repent. That's so good. It's reminding me even of, I believe it's in John 5, 5, like the man, the invalid man at the, at the well. And Jesus was like, do you want to be healed? You know, it's like we, the man has to want to be healed. Like in this case, we have to want to be healed as well. So there has to be that desire of like really getting to our point of being like, no, I am at my wits end, like hearing all that you even had to say with how destructive this can be, like knowing that, not wanting to sit in that and saying like, yeah, I really actually truly want to be healed. I think that has to be our posture because nobody can like force us to do that. Yeah. You know? Okay. This has been so encouraging, JP. I feel like unless you have anything else to share on this topic, I'd love to just close in prayer Yeah, if you'd be open to that. And but yeah. before we do that, actually, I'm going to la- ask you our, our same last question, which is just the final nugget of dating advice today for everyone go in quarantine, struggling with this, any just like last nugget piece of advice. Yeah. I would just tell you Isaiah 40, like, 
you know, he says, why do you cry out, O Jacob, and say, like, the Lord has forgotten me? And God has not forgotten you. When, when something's important in the scripture, God says it. When it's really important, he says it twice. Mm-hmm. And when it's like utmost important, it's all repeated throughout there. And there's this, there's this phrase that God will never leave you nor forsake you, repeated all throughout the scripture. So God sees you right now. He has a plan for you. You can trust him. And I would just, you know, there's, there's two kinds of people that there's those that hate roller coasters and the, those that love them. And, and I don't have a strong opinion whether you should hate or love roller coasters, but I would just say the difference is, one of them trusts the roller coaster, and so they're able to throw their hands up and enjoy the ride, and the other one doesn't. And and so regardless of how you feel about roller coasters, I know that you can trust the Father, and so you can enjoy this ride. And I know that's a weird thing to say, but you can begin to ask God, like, what does faithfulness look like in the midst of this? And and as far as dating, like, let's just be honest, it's going to be real challenging. But we had, we had almost moved completely uh, toward technology anyway. So the, the good news is if this would have happened uh, 10 years ago, <laughs> there you would have zero options. Yeah. T- today, today, at least you do have some. And so that's, I, would just, I would just say God has not forgotten you. He has a plan for you in the midst of this. And then Kate, I, I, I want to end with one other thought on the pornography thing. I would just say, I, I can remember driving down the road thinking that I'm going to struggle with this for the rest of my life. And so now, so I've been uh, 13 years completely sober from pornography. Uh, and I still struggle with lust. I still would love to look at porn today. There's That's still there, but God has allowed me to find healing. And, uh, and I can remember driving down the highway, growing in my relationship with Jesus. And every day I would look at this billboard of this, this girl in a bikini, just, just, you know, just flaunting her stuff on this billboard. And, and I would look at it at the end of my day. And on this one particular day, I was growing in such intimacy with Christ, like he felt so present with me in the car that I just thought, you know, it's not even worth it. I'm not going to look up there. I don't want anything to compromise what I'm feeling with Jesus. And for the first time in my life, I knew I was going to be okay. Like I knew that that there was hope and a light at the end of this tunnel. And so that's what I would just tell your listeners. You're going to be okay. There is healing. There is recovery available to you. The battle starts now. This is just coming to my head. I have to ask you this, but something else that I've seen and heard lots of couples struggling with is just like who their significant other follows on social media as well and what photos they're engaging in. (laughs) And so Mm -hmm. I just want to bring that up to say like that I think is also personally an area that we need to really think about in this season as well, because everyone's using social media more than ever. And there's blessing in that. And, you know, being able to do lives together, encourage each other. I see lots of encouragement on social media. And there's also ability to really look down a dark hole of the people you follow and being constantly inundated by their photos. If you're following that specific person. That's absolutely right. And I think, you know, Romans 12 says love must be sincere, that we're to, we're to be considerate of each other. And especially as you're moving toward marriage with somebody. And, and so I'm saying in dating, if someone is hurt by someone you follow, then you probably shouldn't follow them. Now, if you see an unhealthy jealousy in them, you know, you guys have to talk about that. Like ask them like, hey, are you hurt? Are you walking around as the angry scorekeeper? But uh, but in dating, you're really trying to identify, hey, is that person someone I want to spend the rest of my life with? And I just tell you, like, I wouldn't want to spend the rest of my life with with someone who's constantly looking, you know, at men on Instagram mm-hmm. and, and that, that are particularly lustful images, right? Mm-hmm. And so just be wise in that. 
It's so good. JP, this is awesome. Would you be able to just quickly close us in prayer? Yeah. Father, thank you for my friend, Kate, and just the way that she is giving hope to people all over the world. Thank you for the joy that you've gifted to her through the power of your spirit and just the way that she laughs and dances and loves Disney and seeks to help people. Uh, I pray that the listeners, her listeners uh, today would be inspired and emboldened and God, that they would find healing even right now. As you say, James 5, 16, I'm, I'm praying for those who are sick, listening, those who are stuck in addiction, Father, would you restore them? Would you heal them? Would you restore to them the joy of their salvation? And if anybody's listening that doesn't have a relationship with you, God, Father, would you show them what you've done for them through your son, Jesus Christ, that you paid for their pornography addiction. Uh, They don't have to suffer for it because Jesus suffered for it. And and you died to set us free from our addiction so that we might be in right relationship with you. And so, Lord, I pray that we would experience that, that you would bless her listeners. And I thank you for the gift of being on this show. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. JP, you're amazing. Thank you so much, friend, for doing this spontaneously. We needed it today. We needed it so bad. God's amazing. God's (laughs) amazing. Thanks so much for having me on. Hey, yo, friends. That was some real talk with our friend JP, was it not? You guys, I'm just so thankful for JP really spelling out how this has impacted his life and how he has received true and ultimate freedom from his porn addiction. I love that he shared with us the method to really sort through this, which is CPR, confess, pray, and then remove access. And then the bonus level, which is pursue Christ, pursue a spouse and healing, and then repent. So again, CPR, CPR, that is what we're recommending during this time. And above all else, know that you are not alone. This is your time to cling into community. Bring this up to somebody around you. We need accountability and to come alongside one another now more than ever to be able to fight these addictions. All right, you guys, what an awesome conversation today. I hope you enjoyed it. Hope you pass it along to some friends who might need this as well. And you guys, I will see you next week. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network.